TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. A high fly to deep left field. Up, it is back and gone. Polanco cranks his 14th home run of the year. Just his second as a right-handed batter. High and deep to left center field. Back is Talkman. Gone, a home run for Cruz. And the Twins touch Sabathia for a couple of early bombas. Those highlights, those bombas, courtesy of Fox Sports North and Dick Bramer. This is the Score North first place Twins show. Live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 ranks. The magic number is now 61. Rami Makloff along with Derek Wetmore, Judd Zulgad in our exact location in Bomba Soda this afternoon. CHS Field, home of the St. Paul Saints and home of tonight's American Association All-Star Game. We'll be telling you about the festivities coming up tonight throughout the show this afternoon. Also some uh, reckless trade spec Speculation to oh, get to, so as there usually is on this show as we approach the July 31st trade deadline. I know we're going to get into it later. I really can't believe we're sitting here eight days from the July 31st trade deadline and still nothing has happened concerning your Minnesota Twins. But we'll talk about that a little later. Need to start this show with what happened last night at Target Field. Both of you gentlemen were in attendance for a I know what Derek Wetmore doesn't think so because I saw Cluster Fun today, but what most people thought was a fine, fine, entertaining baseball game between two fine, fine, entertaining baseball clubs last, last night, Judd Zelgate. How can you not think, Derek Wetmore, that that was great fun? <laughs> that was, listen, listen. I feel like this is a tag You know on how I character. talk about, well, you know how I've long talked about games are too long yeah. and, and pace of play is too slow? Yeah. Last night was 308. It was glorious. Oh, it was I, a perfect 308. Yeah, but I mean, it had, it had everything. It had a triple play. It, it had uh, five home runs by the Twins, and if I'm not mistaken, Eight home runs total. It had a ball that Jonathan Scope um, swung and missed and hit the backstop and went directly back to the catcher, who then threw him out on the third strike to first base. It had everything. It was as com- it was a gorgeous night. It was a compelling game. It was, if not a playoff type game, about as close as you oh, can get. Oh, that was playoff type baseball. Yeah. So yeah. and 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 to the Twins' credit, it came on the heels of a four-game set against a very good Oakland A's team that also was yeah. incredible. So, I, Derek, how could you sit here and say <laughs> that, that like, what, if you bought a ticket to last night's game, I think you should be absolutely thrilled by what oh, you Oh, you saw. got your money's worth. Got your money's worth and saved so what, that ticket So what stuff. did you like? I, look, I didn't think we were going to start the show off talking about why I'm a, <laughs> How did you think we were going to start punk. the show? I'm Mr. Negative, and, and Robbie and I are both going to sit here in lockstep and Listen, say it was fantastic. It was a great, entertaining baseball game for what it was. It was a... It was a for what it was. He sounds like he's talking about an action movie. Like you know, I mean, it is what it is. It was good. A bunch of people got shot. There were explosions, but it was what it was. I think it it was Michael Bay who asked Mitch Garver to hit those home runs. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, man. Look, it was a great baseball game, fully entertaining. And as I kind of told Danny Cunningham this morning on Cluster Fun on Score North's Twitter feed, there is like. There is this energy in the park last night, Joe, that I know you felt it. Thirty, what, thirty-four thousand plus at Target Field last night. Not a night. sellout, actually. Yes, but I mean, packed to the gills. Oh, it was fun. And yeah. beautiful weather night. Yep. Bombas on bombas. The triple play in the first inning was fascinating. Like you don't get to see that very often, and the Twins turned it to perfection. Uh, Martin Perez, you're welcome very much because he had himself in some hot water there. Mm-hmm. But there were so many fun elements of the game including tense all the way down to the final out that taylor rogers recorded for the save but like it's just not my kind of baseball game and that's fine i can appreciate okay. it for no what no it no is. you can't stop, stop there <laughs> what do, what do you mean it's not your type of baseball game it's not a well-played baseball game it's home runs off middle relievers like that's cool it's fun and it's entertaining for if that was 162 games i don't think i'd like baseball as much it was but home it was runs fun cc sabathia who started who yes is older CC Sabathia is thirty nine. Listen, listen, guys, I'm all for two twenty five uh, Maddox Tewksbury back in the day. Unbelievable pitching. I love that stuff. Defense. I love that stuff. But we and and by the way, 
we saw good defense, especially what on the fielder's choices, I think it was in the fourth when the Twins scored, by the way, three consecutive runs without the benefit of a hit. Yeah. We saw two diving stops there. They, to me... And you got a triple play. Yes, but yeah. to me, last night, Beyond Baseball was a great sporting event because you got a little bit of everything. It was like going to a buffet, and it was unbelievable. Yeah. And you get so, so as a sports fan, I walked out of that building at... at 12.45 a.m. beaming. Full on baseball. Like you just left a baseball buffet. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I'm really I'm really appealed, young man. Because listen, I'm as negative as the next yeah. guy consistently. And and I know the type of baseball game that you're talking about. Yes. And I think that we agree ordinarily. And if this thing went four hours and was sloppy and didn't have compelling storylines to it and was just bad pitching by some some triple a I'm with you on it. Yeah. But this is Yankees Twins. Totally. And and this also this also what did we ask for? What did I ask for on Sunday? I said if you're going to do this bring twins, the bats back. Bring the bats back and prove yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they sure did. Yep. On night 1. They heard anyway. the call from Judd. Yeah. I- well, either live listeners or download for later listeners of the Score North First Place Twin Show. I'm sure that clubhouse is full of them. But I do like the fact that the Yankee drama heightens everything that you're talking about. It made the triple play cooler. Yes. It made Martin Perez trying to wiggle his way through four innings cooler. It made the fact that Lewis Thorpe came in from the minor There's leagues. There's another storyline. Didn't even talk about that yet. Nope. Yep, exactly You know, you know right. what surprises me the most about this? What's Home that? runs number 18 and 19 by Derek's guy, Mitch Garver, were hitting last night's another, game, and still, still it wasn't enough well, for him. He's, what, he's my guy just because I accurately pointed out he's the best hitter in baseball? But you, <laughs> but you should be hammering that point home because... because oh, I got it season, on Twitter. <laughs> season, yeah. Mitch Garver's year is... It's ridiculous. It's I mean, off the charts. here's a cool thing about him, and I would say this applies to the Twins at large. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. They're big game players, man. For all the years we talked about in Yankee Stadium, what? What's the politically correct term? Can you say shrinking violet? Mm-hmm. So shrinking violets in Yankee Stadium. I don't see how that could be politically incorrect. Well, I'd Somebody say will that tell about, us if it is. I'd say yeah. that about a lot of phrases sure, today, yeah. and here we are. <laughs> just rather be safe than sorry. There is this element of, well, the Twins are not quite on the Yankees level, and they never have been and never will be, and so it doesn't. It doesn't even register with Yankees fans how dominant the Yankees have been against the Twins because they're like, yeah, that's how it should be. Whereas Twins fans see the past 15, 16, 17 years and are like, oh my gosh, what a mathematical impossibility. There must be something to the Twins not being, whatever, on the like the psychic level of the Yankees. They just don't go in and believe they can win. Um, I got to tell you, boys, that's not true of this Twins team. I know it's only one game, so I'm not blowing this out of the water. I just mean from what I've observed in that clubhouse this year and from how they've responded to adversity, I don't think this is a Twins team that's going to back down from the best teams in baseball. And that was a cool thing of last night, too. Mitch Garver on down the well, list. They don't care. And it, it's a, an interesting um, conversation, too, because there's no question that you could have taken what happened on Sunday and gone two ways. Because you, you were dead. You were absolutely dead. And mm-hmm. you come back in the bottom of the ninth, and you could have said, and, and people said this to me post-game afterwards in the press box, I thought they'd be flatter because that comeback took so much. But the flip side of the conversation is you also could take that and be like, we're sort of, we're Go back. Time. We're, time, yeah. we're back here. Well, it's like the Vikings. And they did. I think of this, um, the Minneapolis Miracle, and then going the next week, it's like we focused so much on that moment. And i got to guess, and, I wasn't in that locker room at the time. i got to guess they did too. And, guys, this gets back to, to I think we had this discussion between the three of us last week on this very show. What's the difference between momentum and confidence? Because mo- momentum is this nebulous, oh, they got momentum. Sure. I don't know, I don't know that that's true, but I, there is no doubt in my mind that what happened on Sunday emboldened them as far as confidence goes. And and so I don't even know if momentum's important. I definitely think, especially when, when you tra- transition from a good A's team to the Yankees, that confidence becomes important. I, I, mean. think, I think they were back with the Eddie Rosario home run, the pinch hit home run 
last week. I think I think since then this team has been back to playing Twins baseball. I didn't see the same team that we saw in the first couple months of the season for a few weeks. I didn't think the whole six-week stretch where they were playing just above 500 and the Indians were gaining ground on them, I didn't think it was as bad as everybody was making it out to be. But the last two or three weeks of that stretch, it wasn't the same Twins baseball team. Ever since that home run by Rosario, I think they're back. And are they winning at the pace that they did for the first two months of the season? No, but they've also been facing some really good baseball teams. And quite honestly, what I've seen through the A's series and into today and into last night's game against the Yankees, Judd, you touched on this a little bit. I'm really encouraged by what I've seen uh, from the Twins against two playoff caliber teams. The way that they've fought back, the way that they've hung in these games, the way that they've suffered tough losses and come back the next day and come up with with a tough win. That's what teams do in October against other good baseball teams. They, you're not going to win at the six. 50 clip or whatever it was that they were on there for a while. But if you if you can play this type of baseball against these types of baseball teams, that's that's what you look for from the Twins. All right, you guys, I'll give you this. One thing that I found very intriguing about last night, and made it a fun baseball game. I can't believe. I'll fess up. I, I am shocked. <laughs> I confess. This, this is a surprise, <laughs> as genuinely surprised as I've ever been on the station, sure. that somebody comes in after that. Right. And I, I honestly could find no fault, and it was not a perfect game, so I'm not saying that, but I honestly could find no fault as far from a fan's perspective. I sat there giddy the entire night thinking, it's, this, this is because it, it was a weird game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had a little bit of everything, and, and what offends me in sports is incompetence, like just bad play, like just terrible play, like people don't care. This was far from that. It had mistakes. Totally. Yeah. It, but, but mistakes are made. But this was not incompetence. And the fact that it was Twins-Yankees, to me, going 12 rounds in a ring, throwing haymakers, and nobody really caring, was great fun. Yes, there's some of that. So shame on you, Wetmore. (laughs) I was just about to concede one thing that I liked about it, and you're going to like this even less, so as long as I'm the bad guy anyways, let's just go. Uh, The thing that I liked about it was I... I, uh, on the Score North first place twin show on Monday, and it's on the stream, so we have proof. I gave you guys a write that down. Do you remember what it was? I the write that down was the Twins are going to win at least two games this series, and one of them is going to be a slugfest. One of them is going to be mm-hmm. offense back to basics, blowing the doors off of their opponent. I don't care that that is Karsten Charles on the mound on the other side. I don't care that that bullpen is as dominant as they come when they're at full strength. I said. This offense can't be held down forever, and you get two lefties this series. They're going to blow it out of the water one of these games. So I was right on that You're count right. on game one. Yep. Here's where I'll really start to enjoy this series. Here's where I'll get giddy, Judd. The second part of my prediction was that they're also going to win a crisp, clean, tight, you know, three-to-two ball game, two hours and whatever, 40 minutes. Like, that's baseball to me. That's, that's what I like. I enjoy I recognize that I'm weird. I know that's not, like, the mainstream opinion, and I know if you're Rob Manfred, you'd much rather have what you saw last night than a two-to-one pitcher's duel. I, I totally get that, and I respect it. But I said that the Twins were going to win a ball game like that, too, and now they'll have two opportunities to do that. And uh, I, would, I would just appreciate that because I'm rooting for myself to be right if I'm being honest. His favorite thing about last night's game was that he was, I was right. right. Yeah. That's the most <laughs> Rami Maclaw thing he's ever done. <laughs> well, hey, and North first place win show. Let's just say it. Mitch Garver hit two home runs. That's true. I'm just saying. That's Rami, true. am I at all in any way wrong about my assessment <laughs> of that game? No. I thought it was a great game. I was thoroughly entertained by it. Exactly. Yeah. It took, again, there's not many baseball games that I watch or go to in 2019 that take 308 and feel like 230 to me. That did. That got done, and I'm like, it's done? Yeah. And it was it was fun. And the one thing, though, is I think, I honestly think, with the construction of these pitching staffs currently, that we might have one more slugfest at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that for could, sure. That could well and with these two lineups? I mean, absolutely. That could well be and the only, And the only question is, while the Yankees are in town, do one of these two ball clubs pull the trigger? Because, to your point... The Twins have not gone into the pool yet trade-wise, but who really has? Baltimore made the trade with Boston. Yep. Pitching trade. Um, Homer Bailey was traded from Kansas City to Oakland. Yep. Uh, Maldonado, the catcher, was traded from Kansas City to Chicago, right? Yep. 
Montgomery goes back to Casey in, in that trade. But so far, it's not just the Twins. Nobody's gone in yet, and some, and very soon somebody's going to have to go in. You're talking on a big trade, pitching wise, right? Yeah, I'm talking pitching wise, but I mean, I'm, that's no, what but everybody's but after. I'm, but I'm just talking trades too. Sure, I'm talking. I'm talking. You go online and see a trade and think, okay, now, now this is it. Sure, well, this the, is going to start the domino. The Yankees story. took a great lineup and added Edwin to it, and that's like. That's to me the most. That's Worked out the for highest, the twins last night. Yeah, well, that's the highest impact move that I've seen. But I don't think that next week's trade deadline will come and go with that being the biggest. No, move, right? No, You'd but I'm. But, but at some point in time here, this thing has to start. It's weird. Okay, so let's get into this. As long as we're talking about it, it's weird to me that the single trade deadline, like. There's this assumption that I think, anyways, in front offices, because what do you have? You got a collection of smart people all talking every day. 12 hours a day, and you're disagreeing on things, of course, because there's not always going to be, you know, unanimous decisions, but for the most part, you're kind of like, you're kind of like reaffirming, hey, we're all smart here. We all know what we're doing. We all know how to handle this. Here's how our gamesmanship is going to work going into the July 31st trade. To me, I don't think any team knows exactly how this is going to go. I don't think you could. I don't think you could sit down all 30 general managers right now and say, hey, roundabout, how's this going to go? Like, who's going to move? Who's going to buy? And is it going to be busy? Or I'm not saying you have to get every single move because who could do that? But just the, could you give me the general vibe of the trade deadline this year? I don't think any of the 30 general managers could do it. I don't think anybody knows with confidence how this is going to go because some sellers – like the Giants, are now going to not sell. I think, the, I think the only thing that I know right now... We don't know supply and demand. Beyond, beyond a shadow of, of a doubt is nobody wants to be the fool. That's right. Nobody everybody wants to be the patsy. Everybody's very afraid of, of looking back. And the problem now is they're, they're afraid of two years from now and right. saying, how could we have done that? Sure. How could we have done that? But, yeah, I mean, the Giants are the perfect e- example of a team that I think still should sell. But there's dynamics there. They gotta sell, right? <laughs> no, Giants. No, I they, mean, what do you what do you get out of keeping Madison Bumgarner? Common let's, sense. Let's say you right. let's say you sneak into you that wild feels. card. Okay, here's the problem. Bochy's in his last year. You exactly. get so if, many if feels. This, if, but if this if this was a first year guy in charge of the Giants, I think everyone would say just sell. And and the metrics as far as the Giants go say scream sell, but. Is somebody going to step in and say Bruce Bochy One deserves more run? Yeah. One more. You're going to do it because you owe it to One him. More. No, just for feels. Literally, that's no, it. No, but that's how they would. But that's that's the feel. Yep. We owe Bruce this. Yep. You just said it, and I don't. I don't disagree with you, Rami, at all. I think you're right, and I would sell too. But we don't know, and it's now the the Giants are now what fifty-one and fifty. Yeah. They're two games out of the second wild card spot. We do not know what we thought we knew two months ago, which was Bumgarner's gone. Will yep, Smith yep. is gone. Here are the sellers. Here are their guys. See, if I'm the Giants, Tyson's gone. I don't think I, I know that anymore. I know what I'm about to say is cold-hearted, but it's a business, and there is no loyalty in sports. If there ever was, it's dead, and it yeah. doesn't exist anymore. If I'm running the Giants, I look at it and say, Bochy's gone after this year. Why am I beholden to him whatsoever? Why would I set my franchise back when he's gone to to appease him for the last two months of this season when we really realistically have no chance to win a World Series. Okay, but counterpoint, because I am, by the way, a cold-hearted, calculating, analytical nerd is about to say this. So, like, I'm with you. I'm like, Team Good Rami run, dude. You won a bunch of World Series. Exactly right. Tip a cap, make a statue, exactly. Giants Hall of Famer. Yeah. Maybe, probably, actual Hall of Famer, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Three World Series. You would think so. So... I am. I don't agree with this line of thinking, but if this is the line of thinking, what are you going to get for Madison Bumgarner? You're going to get a what, like somebody's tenth best prospect, mm-hmm. right? Oh no, I, I think don't know you about get a lot that. More than that, don't you? At this really? point, I mean, if it was that like, cheap, I he'd trade, been, if he was that cheap, he'd have been traded. By I now. wouldn't trade Trevor Larnick for Madison Bumgarner straight up. If I'm the Twins, Derek, look at the buyers though. I know people I know, are desperate. Someone's going. Sure. Someone before July 31st at 3 p.m. Central is going to do something stupid. Sure. The question okay. is just who. So here's my thing: If I'm the Giants, and 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 if I can get somebody to do something stupid four times, then I'll, okay, then I'll sell. Because Madison Mumgarner, Will Smith brings something. I, 
I'd trade more for Will Smith than for Madison Bumgarner, but that's just me. Sam Dyson, who, a guy I've liked going back a number of years, and uh, Tony Watson, the lefty. If you could get something for all four of those guys and get somebody to do something dumb, sell. Sell, because you're getting more back in return. But if every team is doing what Judd is sort of – I think the theory you're espousing is everyone wants to – be smart five years from now. Everyone wants to look back at that trade deadline and say, ha, we didn't get fleeced like uh, Pittsburgh did when they traded for Chris Archer. Right. right? Every team wants to avoid that. So if everyone's trying to be overly pragmatic to the point that it suppresses trade activity, do you know what I mean? Then who cares if it's one more run? It's like here's a perfect example. The Royals coming off of their World Series, they, what, they went in 14, won in 15. Is that right? I think they went in 14, one in 15, and Lorenzo Cain was coming up on his deal, and Mike Moustakis and Eric Hosmer, and the core of that team that won a World Series was going to be gone at the end of the year. This is 2017 season. And instead of doing the logical thing and trading Locaine and trading Moose and trading Hosmer and just getting as much as he could, and, and maybe you try to bring one of those guys back next year, maybe – but instead of diving headfirst into the pool in their long rebuilding process, they added a pitcher or two or whatever at the deadline and said, hey, let's give this one more run because we're going to be bad for five years, so what's the point anyways? A 15th best prospect in some organizations not going to change our dram- dramatically change our course for the next five years, so screw it. Let's throw these dice one more time see what happens. Yeah, I don't think the price will be that low for Bumgarner, though. I think if the price okay. was that low, somebody would have paid it by now. And maybe the price will drop that low in the next eight days if nobody if nobody jumps. But I, I can't see Bumgarner going if, well, for that price to 10th or 15th best prospect. If it drops that low, which I don't think it, it will, what would happen is that the Giants would just tender him a contract. He'll leave. They'll take the draft pick compensation. But... No, the qualifying no offer one. you're yes. talking, that's what I would do offer. if but I there, was the Giants. But there is no doubt in my mind that somebody's going to some, – okay. somebody, and I think they might be in town right now, downtown. They might be in a hotel. Staying at the Lowe's Hotel they're, across the street. <laughs> and they are not the twins. Somebody's going to the – ma- the majority of these young GMs don't want to look stupid, but there, there are a few teams still that will probably do something where you will say, oh, boy, that might cost you eventually – but they're all in, and and I think that team might be in town, and I would not be sh- uh, shocked if they make that move. And now, and now the question becomes this: If you're a team like the Twins, you know what? We are seeing this. I think that we all can agree the parameters of the baseball season in 2019 in the American League, the Minnesota Twins belong, right? Yes, mm-hmm. they they just they they're do. One of those, they teams. just belong. Sorry, folks, but they belong, and we can and we can all say, well, it's going to end badly because it's Minnesota, and we all might be right. I don't know. I know power but, rankings don't really mean anything in the big picture, but when you're in every major publications and websites top five in the power rankings from start to finish, which they have been to this point, yep. You're a good baseball team, and you belong up there. And last night again showed, and Sunday did, and and there is no shame in splitting a four-game series against a very good Oakland team. All of this shows that the Twins belong. And the Twins is currently constructed, and the Yankees is currently constructed, are very competitive teams. But the Yankees are not the better team. They're both very good. And so the question becomes, can the guys who work at Target Field bring themselves to if the Yankees make that trade and you're like, oh boy, this separates you to get back there. Because this goes back to the conversation that we've been having for two plus months now. And that is, sorry boys, but this is a unique opportunity. And you know what? In 2020, the Yankees and Astros might pull away again. Don't know. Maybe not, but I don't know. But I can tell you from what we have seen this year and what we again saw last night, the Minnesota Twins belong on the field with the Yankees. And that's not going to be the case every season. And that gets us back to Rami's long-time point, which is when an opportunity exists, this is why you sometimes do things that in 2021 you don't sleep well, but right now you do. And I was reading a piece from Jeff Passan last week where he said, any team that wants to act early, and I guess even though we're eight days away, if you're the first team to act in a, in a meaningful way, mm-hmm. you are essentially acting early. He said, whoever does that will have to pay the premium for acting early because that's what all the sellers on the market are waiting for right sure. now is for somebody to set the market high. Now, you could gamble 
and assume that nobody's going to pay that premium and it's going to come right down to the deadline when all these teams that are sellers go, look, there's there's no market. We just have to sell these guys for whatever we can get them. Then that gamble pays off and maybe you get a good deal on a Bumgarner or Will Smith or Giles or Stroman or a number of these other guys that, that we've talked about. But that's that's the gamble you run. The gamble if you act early is paying the higher price. The gamble if you wait and hope the market drops at the last minute is somebody else pays the higher price and gets that guy before you do. You don't get your guy. You don't get a guy. Right. But how are we going to feel in this town if, let's say, 2020-21, the Yankees do separate again? And they're just – and they're because when you are a team like the Brewers, Mm -hmm. the Twins, not the Cubs, but, you know, these these smaller – Revenue, I guess. Not yeah, mid-market teams. Teams. That'd be fair. You have you have opportunities at times to pounce, and this is an opportunity presenting itself now. And you know what? You might have to make a trade that you hate, but as long as you're not giving up the farm completely, you know, I'm not going to give up my top five prospects, and I'm probably not going to give up both of my top two. But if you're doing something that might stretch you out of your comfort zone for the sake of saying, this gives us a chance to win a World Series. You've got to consider that. You can't then say, but in 2024, when we re-sign Buxton, it's going to be so great. Sure. You know, yeah. and, and I'm not saying trade Buxton, but my point is, let's stop projecting too far down the road and appreciate what this team has. And last night, again, provided a glimpse. These two teams can stand in the ring and throw punches. And, and I think that the Yankees are going to add pitching for sure. And I know this, the Twins need to. Absolutely. You heard it here first, though. Judd wants to trade Byron Buxton. It's the Score North <laughs> first place Twins show. No. Live from Bumpus Soda, the land of 10,000 ranks. The magic number is 61. We're live from CHS, field home of the St. Saint Paul Saints and home of tonight's American Association All-Star Game. We'll tell you more about that when the Score North. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your the Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. To third, out there, out at second, a triple play! Unbelievable! That was last night on Fox Sports North, a triple play on the way to an 8-6 win over the Yankees for your Twins. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 61. Rami Makhlouf, Derek Wetmore, Judd Zolgad. We are in CHS Field where tonight's American Association All-Star Game will be hosted by the Saints. For tickets to tonight's All-Star Game or any remaining St. Paul Saints games, you can go to visit, you can visit, excuse me, saintsbaseball.com. Great beer stands too here. Um, That's what I hear. Where, <laughs> That's the rumor. Where, oh, no, it's fantastic. Great craft beer. <laughs> read about it in a Re- book one time. <laughs> reasonably priced, too. No, I don't know how many taps they have right down there in the left field <laughs> yeah. craft beer corner. Why do you ask? Yeah, and I forgot big... to check if those are real palm trees. Derek tells me he insists they are not. Out in left field by the... Uh, oh, they can't be. They Rami, die. you haven't they been die. in this climate long enough if you are questioning <laughs> if those are real palm they, trees. They die. Uh, where does, for you boys, where does a triple play rank on, on the list of uh, cool baseball things you've either now seen, not seen? Because I've been to, I would estimate by now in my life, I'm almost 50,000 baseball games or something. Mm-hmm. I've, is that the first one you've seen in I, person? I think it is. I was trying to there think couple, last night if I ever have seen one same in here. person. There were a couple in the Metrodome. There was one in 82 that I believe Smalley hit into as a Yankee. Uh, there was one in 88 that Gladden was involved in, and I don't think I was at those games. So this was cool. The one thing, the one baseball thing I would love to see, never seen, came a little bit close. A no-no, which I'm sort of tired of, but it, it would still be cool to, to, to see it. Or or I would love to see, and this would be awesome, a perfect game. Perfect game. The, the most fluky thing I've ever seen, I was there for the infamous Tuffy Rhodes game. And mm. given how his career went after that. That's a, that's, good, that's a good one. That's probably the most fluky thing I've ever seen. In three? Base, three home runs, yes. Okay. I was sitting in the very last seat in the very last row in uh, left field foul territory for opening day that day. Well, for the listeners who don't know. 
that story. Three home runs in his first game ever, and then I don't. I think he had like 21 career home runs in the major leagues, but went to Japan and became the all-time Japanese home run king. What Tuffy Rhodes did? You didn't know that? No, yeah, I didn't Tuffy know Rhodes that part is of the, story. the Japanese yeah. home run king. I thought, um, uh, that. I thought and, Sade, uh, is it O? Sadi Hero O? Yeah. Oh, no, no he's he saying, the... I think he, he's saying in a season. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. O well, is like the all-time. Yeah, I was like, he's game. he's like the king Sada over Haro, there. Yeah. Of like the world, right? He has more career home runs than anybody ever, like more than Barry Bonds. I think so. That has an asterisk anyway. But my, I also it. almost, almost. Hey, Aaron, 755, let's just stop there, okay? Exactly. I almost <laughs> saw a no-hitter. Juan Guzman for the Cubs was throwing wow. a no-hitter. When uh, Otis Nixon stepped up to the plate sure with did. two outs in the ninth inning and just slapped one out to the right Don't field you hate wall, hate hey, dude. I never ever forgave Otis Nixon for that. <laughs> I was on a ba- <laughs> I never was on forgave a- Otis Nixon for that. I was on a baseball trip with uh, my buddy in '98, and we went to Mets games, Yankees games, and took the train to Baltimore. Musina pitching for Baltimore against Detroit had one like into the eighth, and he had his stuff. He was just fantastic. And lost it, I think, in the ninth or something. I was like, damn. Yeah. Just to say I've seen one. Right. Well, and that's baseball sometimes. Like, uh, Mike Leak took one into the ninth inning this past week till yes, it got did. broken up. But I think to answer your question on, like, where does a triple play rank, it's way the heck up there for me. Like, perfect game's got to be one. Probably no hitters, too. Um, and with a bonus point for, like, specifically... Mark Burley's no-no, where Dwayne Wise went over the fence to bring a home run back in the ninth inning to preserve a no-hitter. Ten years ago today, I believe. Really? I thought I saw a tweet this morning. Oh, I can't wait to celebrate. Ten years ago today. It's my favorite highlight I've ever (laughs) seen in my life. Perfect game, right? I thought it was a perfecto. I didn't want to say it it because I didn't know. Yeah, perfect game. Um... Yeah, like, breaking up a no-hitter is not that cool. I was going to say, I was just looking for, I think Joe Maurer broke one up against the Royals five, six years ago. No, he broke one up against Detroit. Did he? Hannibal Sanchez on a Friday night had one like into the eighth, and he broke it up. I hate that. Yeah, that's not fun. I don't like you if you break it up. I want to see the no hitter. Then I want to see weird things like stories that people will always say. Like there are a couple that come to mind that I won't bring up because they bring heartbreak to fan bases uh, just by uttering the names. But like in Armando Galarraga game, Jim Joyce missing the was that a no hitter or a perfect game? Down at first base, no he's covering it. I thought I it was a no-no. It was a perfect game. And he gave it up, and it was like, ah, obviously you don't want to see anyone suffer like that. I mean, Jim Joyce suffered for that, and he's widely considered you know, one of the more respected umpires. You don't want to see that. It's but replay. The, the point of it, yeah. That's why I know, we have replay. The Armando Galarraga rule. But the, the, <laughs> the point is, like, it's a story now. You can always yeah. tell, you know, if it's your kids, your friends, like, oh, I was at that game. That is that is something for me. It doesn't matter what kind of play it is. Triple play, honestly, dude, is probably next. It's it's probably right there. So they're like four for me. Perfecto. A no no. Some crazy defensive highlight to preserve. He gets bonus points. And then the like story pin that moment in your memory. I will always remember where I was for that game. That's probably next. And triple play is one of those things. Cycle? I don't care so much for cycle. It's cool. It's cool, but you see it enough times across the league sure. that it's like it's special when it happens to your team. But like now that I don't have a team, I would say it doesn't really it doesn't matter that much to me. Like if uh, Jorge Polanco's cycle, that was cool because I know Jorge a little bit, and it was cool for Twins fans. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get any special joy out of it. You know what I mean? So I'm not ta- I'm not talking joy. I'm just saying as an observer of baseball who enjoys yeah. the sport saying you that was really cool. Now, now if I see it on TV though, to me it doesn't count. Like it's still sure. it's Being still in person cool, is different. But I'm ta- I'm I talking agree. about that the triple play last night. You're like, wow, I just saw that live. No, I agree with that. There's uh, certain things about baseball too that make it special, and those oddities or things like that make about it special. Two home runs in one inning. That's kind of cool. It's not that super Fernando rare. Tatis, the senior, didn't he hit two grand slams in one inning? I believe he's the only player the in Major League history to do that. Did you guys see, I think it was the D-backs, what they did against the Brewers a few nights ago? Don't they, believe so. They hit the team cycle in order in the same inning. So they went single, double, triple, home run. That's pretty cool. In order. So that's a moment that right. I'm talking about. Like yeah. That's not really a thing. We don't have a name for right. it. Team cycle's kind of cool. I like yeah. that. That's a moment. You'll, you you get to tell that story now, for, and you remember who hit those four hits Right. if you were at that game. Uh, the cool thing I saw about the triple play, of course, 
we can talk about the twins component of it. Luis Arise turning Jonathan Scope, cannon of an arm, stronger arm than Brian Dozier. Why did you just say his name? Turn it to second base. You've got, you've got the guy who says his name right by you. Oh, and that's you... right. Uh, so Miguel Sano <laughs> caught it at first base. He had received the throw from Jonathan Scope, who in turn received a throw from third base by Luis Arise. Somebody asked me in the live stream after it. the game to do that. They said, why don't you get Rami's butt down to target field so he can say Luis Arise. for you and complete this. The cool thing, I saw a Buster only share a video on uh, Twitter.com. It was just an MLB.com highlight of, he said, this is one of the best radio calls ever. And I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. I'll I'm gonna. I trust Buster Olney, so I'm gonna go figure out what this was. It was the last time the Twins turned a triple play. It was Miguel Sano turning it. I think it was Sano, Dozier, Mauer, maybe. Guess the Angels. And it was guess who? Danny Gladden on the call. Really? Ground ball, hot shot to third base. Sano moves to his right to touch third base, but as the ball is coming off the bat with runners on first and second, nobody out. Dan Gladden goes. Ground ball, third base, should be three. Sano gloves really? it. Third, and he called okay. it. Wow. Okay, so so the incredible thing last Props night. Props to Danny Gladden. That was a good call. Incredible thing off that point last night. And this is why I'm going to pay $250 for full access to guys mic'd up. You can just come to my house because I'm paying 600 for the package okay, so we then, can all watch yeah, games that's fine. I'll buy the keg of beer. Throw it in your fridge. Rami, you're grilling. Um, so last night. Scope and Arise were both talking, and the, the, the conversation, I'm not exactly sure how it went, but there was a conversation where Scope, so, so they knew who was at the plate, Encarnacion, not fast, right? And Scope, I think, feared that if there was a hot shot hit to third, Arise would throw across the diamond to first, they'd get two, guy on second, two outs, you're in good shape, pretty good shape. And so Scope told Arise, yelled to him, you're coming, come to me. If it's hit to you, come to me. So, like, it's interesting that the fundamental thought in Scope's mind dealing with a third baseman in, Arise. who is not an ordinary a thir- third sacker, I believe he was playing, like, his eighth game at third base this year, huh. was to tell him, you got to throw it to me, I can turn it. And, and Scope can turn it. He's really good. Oh, yeah. He's really quick. But back to my point, this is why I want access. That's so interesting to me that there was an actual conversation of, uh, be, because Arise. got the ball, uh-huh. and and you're assuming, oh, of course he's going to throw to second. Of course he's going to scope, right? Like we saw it as fans, and we're like, well, yeah, of course you do that, right? But they, but scope knew damn well that he might not, and so I love the fact of the insight being, you're coming to me, I'll get the second one, and then because Encarnacion is the runner, we can probably get three. So there, so there was a whole strategy and mentality be- before the ninth pitch of that at bat and I think it was 2-2 two, two in the count, to you throw it to me, and we can get three. It's so I love that stuff. Fascinating. Like there, let's just dive into layers. And thank you, Rami. This is no a baseball problem. show. Yeah, that was a good assist. I'm, good I'm, assist. Not gonna try, I'm not going to try. It's not necessary. I might every once in a while just drop one in to prove that I can do I it. I appreciate the effort. But I you really... You can't roll it. it. It's okay. I can't do it it's like this guy It's a fundamental flaw, can. just like I have. Well, I can do it a little bit. Phil insists it's just something you're born with. That's not that true. you either can Everybody roll can your R's It's rolling you your tongue. Oh no, I think Phil's I think Phil's right. No, no. This is you can learn how to do it. It's a it's a it's a muscle. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. No, it's, <laughs> it's a muscle. I don't, okay, let's end this guy. Okay, let's let's move no, on. Those sorry. tongue muscles. You gotta work those tongue no, muscles. No, 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 stop. So Judge, you tie his cherry stem. No. <laughs> Three men were thrown out of CHS field <laughs> early what, early Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> on the day of the American Association All Star Game. We never want to see those punks again, said Commissioner. <laughs> so all right. As long they as were too much for Mike Vec. <laughs> <laughs> said no one ever right so alright there's a couple of really you know you can go deep in the weeds and, and, and I'm sure you know a baseball guy like Rocco Baldelli Jonathan Scope could go even deeper than we can on this show here but two fascinating things to me off of what you just said Judd Jonathan Scope how many innings in the field has a second baseman coming up and then in the big leagues? Like, he knows his stuff. He's seen basically every situation. And if he hasn't, he knows he knows to think of it as a possibility. Um, there are certain things, like, that just become intuitive as a veteran. Uh, you're playing in Oakland? Oh, okay. Chase every foul ball. Like, off the bat, instincts. It might be 10 rows deep. doesn't matter. You, you're in Oakland. <laughs> that thing could come back. You're going to make an out 2% of the time, and it's worth chasing it. So that play... That triple play is one of them, where I'm watching this, 
from the press box, and I see, uh-oh, you know, Martin Perez just walked two guys. There's no outs. That's the Yankees. I was just talking a big game on the radio. Like, this is all going to unravel. This is, boy, Perez is in trouble, and I don't know how the Twins bullpen can bail him out. Right. And Jonathan Scope's not thinking that. Jonathan Scope's thinking, all right. Let's turn three here. <laughs> Let's turn three. So that's the one thing is like the anticipation of this is okay. We'll help our pitcher out. If he gets a ground ball, you've got two minus runners on the bases right now. The only guy who can run a little bit is the guy going to third. That's the easy one. So we'll get that out. He can turn it to me. And then the second like baseball-y baseball thing about that is where did the throw go? Arise gets the ball that was hit pretty hard, steps on third base, turns his body to fire to second base, but it matters where the throw went. He didn't throw it to second base. He threw it to the outfield side of second base because, oh, by the way, that's Goliath Aaron Judge bearing down on second base, and Johnny Scope needs to catch that ball, step back off the second base bag, and then trust his rocket arm to get it over to first base. That's not a standard double play. There's not. I mean, there's no such thing as a standard triple play, but for a double play, you might see a guy come across the bag moving his momentum forward toward the third baseman and across the second base bag, cut down the distance to first base and try to make the throw. But he had to do the opposite with Aaron Judge, who's just as tall as Jonathan Scope when he's you know sliding into second base, that he has to get it on the outfield side. And then how many second basemen in the league have a strong enough arm to complete that? Not many. I don't know how many it is off the top of my head, but I can tell you, Scope was uniquely positioned to receive that throw on the outside, avoid getting blown up by Judge, and then still be strong enough to throw out the slow runner. It was a great play. Fascinating. And I I agree with Judd. I would have loved to hear that conversation. That Think about that. They talked about it after the game. That's how you found out about it in the locker room. Post-game. But but just because you, you see the play unfold and you think, oh, of course he's throwing a second. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he would throw a second. But the real fear was... That that Arise would throw across the diamond to Sano at first base to get two because that's the mm-hmm. that's the simple. Standard. I'm not a third third base play. Yep. But I'll tell you this too, boys. What situation has have you seen Arise encounter that you're like, oh, that's a little, that's a little too much for him? Never. Last night he has went, not happened. La- last night, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. I thought that he made plays at third base that if if Miguel can make, they look difficult, and he made them look easy. Yeah. It's but yeah. but and if this guy was a top three prospect, I'd be like, of course he's that good. Yep. Swear to God, until he got called up, don't really remember a thing about him. Don't remember reading prospect reports about him. Yeah. And, and it's not like I spend my time pouring over prospect reports. You but don't? but nonetheless. No, Why are you guys looking at me. Look, I look at top five. <laughs> but that guy's playing. That guy's playing third base last yeah. night. What eighth start of the year at that position? Well, as as if he's been playing it for ten years. It was nothing phases him at the plate yeah. in the field. Not saying he doesn't screw up. He does, but he never looks like the moment has become too big. It was so impressive. Yeah, and that's what scouts said about him. Well, that's what I've read. Scouts were saying about him, and his as he was coming up through levels. I also don't pour over. Prospect scouting reports. But I read an article about Luis Arise. Arise, sorry, I half-assed that one. Um, after he came up to the majors, and that's what Scout said, that just from a just from a, a personality standpoint and the mindset, the moxie, he's never been in a situation where he seemed like he was overwhelmed, like the moment yeah. was too big for him. I mean, and there is something to be said for that. And, again, that's one of those things. Big fan of analytics. I'm not downplaying analytics, but that's one of those things you can't quantify or come up with a formula for is a guy, a moment not being too big for a guy regardless of the moment. i got to be honest with you guys. I didn't think they were going to turn it. I thought wonderful creativity and chutzpah to go after it, but it doesn't look like he's going to be out at second base. And then are you sure you're going to make that turn? And then yeah. on replays, it's like very plain as day. Yes, triple play, perfectly executed from Luis Arise. and Jonathan Scope in the middle. Like that's it yes. was just could, textbook. You could have caught the ball first base. Yep, exactly right. You would have put. You're just trying to downplay Miguel Sano, but I see what you're doing. <laughs> but there I, is. I would never do that. There is just this. I you like were just saying, you're talented. That would have been. Yeah, I was trying to compliment you on your first base. <laughs> Didn't see a lot of Jefferson baseball games growing up, did you? No. Um, gotta I was I coming didn't. through. <laughs> gotta say, I didn't. Um, that that might have been weird. That would have been like on a baseball 
clinic, like yep. the DVDs that you would see as a as a seventh grader learning. Like, Tommy how Mansky, do you turn the Tommy double Mansky play? Drill video. Yeah, and Brad McGriff. Yeah. That was absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those plays that was just so perfectly executed in real time. I got. I didn't think they were going to pull it off. I didn't think they were going to get the out at second base. But you go back and you watch it, and you're like, oh yeah. To your point, Judd. Of course, that's what you should do. But that's not obvious. It's not intuitive. It takes a special kind of player to anticipate and then make that play. I got a couple uh, more questions about that you guys could answer being at the game last night about the game experience, more about the game experience, sure. if, you, if you don't mind, after a short break. We're out here at CHS Field, home of tonight's American Association All-Star Game, hosted by the St. Paul Saints. For tickets uh, to tonight's All-Star Game or any St. Paul Saints game, just visit saintsbaseball.com. It's the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 61. Judd, Rami, Derek, back right after this on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. The Score North Twins show. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, time for a Score North download. It is 1252 on Manny Hill, and the Score North download is brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. And it is a reminder to join Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Rami Makloff, Judd Zolgad, and former Twins uh, closer Glenn Perkins for a special recording of the Score North Twins show. Glenn Perkins on baseball Tuesday, August 6th. That's two weeks from today, beginning at 5 p.m. from Modest Brewing Company in Minneapolis. All attendees will receive one complimentary beer, courtesy of Modest Brewing Company, with prize giveaways throughout the night. This event is free, but you must register to attend, and you can register right now at scorenorth.com slash Glenn. That's scorenorth.com slash Glenn as we return to the aforementioned Score North first place twin show at CHS Field, gentlemen. And live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 race magic number is 61. Rami Makhlouf, Judd Zolgad, Derek Wetmore out here at CHS Field. As you heard Manny say, side of tonight's American Association All-Star Game hosted by your St. Paul Saints and new to CHS Field this year. If you come out here for the game tonight or any St. Paul Saints game, which uh, you can get tickets for by visiting saintsbaseball.com, the City of Baseball Museum offers you a trip through time that features five distinct eras of baseball in St. Paul with a focus on the rich history of its storied hometown team and uh, some very cool stuff down there in that Hall of Fame. So uh, get down here to a Saints game, get down here to the All-Star game tonight, and check it out. I have a couple of questions for you guys, like I said, about last night's game experience that are, are meaningless at the end of the day. They don't they don't mean anything. They're probably good questions, but I'm going to ask them anyways. That is a rousing edition of sports nihilism that yes. you've got on display right there. Uh, Three-fourths Geek tweets in, have you seen the Yankees fans losing their freaking minds online about the music played at Target Field last night? What was the music played at Target Field last oh, night? Judd's got gotcha. you. Here's the Barstool New York explanation. Okay. So they're very upset, it looks like. It, it says, whenever the Yankees were pitching, the Twins would blast music in between every big pitch. And I mean blast music! When the Twins pitched, they didn't do anything so that the Twins hitters could focus. And w- whenever the Yankees struck out, they played New York, New York, which I can confirm. Oh, that's great. That's premium ba- trolling right as there. As the batter walked back to the dugout. Okay, that part's very true, and they did do that. And they did that, if I am not mistaken, uh, last week in the two-game series when Mets struck out as well. Derek, did you hear, uh, I think they blast, I mean, in these terms, blast yeah, air quotes. music. Uh, oh, you mean they played live whenever, music at a sporting event? Yeah, but don't they do that? But that's not Gosh, that that's wasn't unusual. that wasn't new last night. Well, no. so I didn't I didn't take note of this, but the implication here is that they were doing it when the Yankees were at bat between pitches, but not the Twins. Just like when they had they the might, air conditioners on at the Metrodome but, when the Twins were in the field. But really, that's a big deal. The New York New York thing is know, the only dude. thing that I picked up on, and they did the yeah. same thing as I recall to the Mets as, as well, and. That is well, what it is. I really don't care about that. Yeah, but mean, like this, but like this, um, asserting that they were blasting music when the uh, that's what you do. That's it, what it'd be really? fun. Yeah. Sometime it'd be fun to have the game experience person on from Target Field or team or whatever because they are subtle. They are sneaky, but they are funny. They, they do some have good things, yeah. like uh, Shane Bieber. Um, sorry, 
All-Star Game MVP Shane Bieber was pitching against the Twins. You don't have to do that on this show. Day. Yeah, I guess I'll just do that, that for here. Twins, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, they ha- he was pitching at Target Field, and they kept playing like Bieber songs. Yeah, like, which they've done. That's pretty funny. Like since he came up, basically. He's probably if I'm him, I'm furious about that because everybody's happens been in doing that every park he yeah, goes to since single a exactly. cedar rapids yeah. but so you're I, furious about it or i, I would be furious I hear it quietly but if you say that you're mad about it or make a big deal about it it's just going to make it worse so you can't say anything but i would be yeah i'd be very very mad about that um the new york new york thing big deal i didn't hear i guess in in full defense, like since I wasn't watching this game with Yankees rooting interest, I didn't have in mind that maybe their batters were being distracted. But like, if Aaron Judge is quietly complaining about that the Minnesota PA system is not being nice, then it looks ah, like it looks like this this, this was picked up on by the guy who writes for uh, the Barstool site in New York. What's and that? I, is that a I sports don't think it was picked up on mm. hubs or something. But my, the point is. Really? Yeah, that's who cares? What, that's what, sports. Yeah, that's what this you sports. do. Exactly. This is, this is what happens now. Okay, the other question I have for you. Sort of um, there was probably more, by the way, that we missed in terms of music trolling, because that stuff happens like kind of regularly. And they're very good. Field. You You're have right to know. Like, if, right. if, if you hear a song that you know or whatever, like, you know, they could have played Sultans of Swing. And, like, I would know that, and I'd be like, oh, that's interesting, you know, Yankees in town, blah, blah, blah. If you don't know the sound, the song or the reference, Correct. you're going to miss it. They're that sneaky. I saw people tweeting last night. Was the twin? Was the Target Field crowd doing the wave during a cru- crucial moment in yeah. the eighth yep. inning? Yeah, sure. which which what, which does drive me crazy. What is what 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 are we doing? What's we wrong? Do the, we do the wave sometimes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no okay, the I'm wave. Ronnie's right. The wave in general. Just shouldn't happen. I'm not defending the behavior. Okay. I'm just but saying in that it's not moment, shocking. Of all moments, in a big Welcome moment, to like, Target Field, Rami. No, no, no. We've got to end this. We've got to stop this one now. Now <laughs> we can do it. We have the, the power. Tro- the trolling, the trolling of opposing teams. Some people could be like, "That's bush league or a bad idea," because certainly, you know, guys can turn around then and hit home runs off of you. Okay, that's fine. That's a conversation. The wave is not. The wave needs to go away. The guys. wave. The wave is now. Now, if you now, if it's a bad Twins team and it's it's a August or July game. I don't like it, but I get it. But yeah, just do what you want because you're probably drunk. But like last night, there was no need for the wave. No, there was plenty of baseball to be engaged in for and, you to be doing by, the wave. And credit to to last night's crowd. There was a lot of fans in their seats at first pitch last night. Yep. More fans in their seats at yep. first pitch, guys, than were in their seats in April or May for entire games. It was packed. I was at the game Saturday night, and the wave was going around. And every time it came around to us, me and my girlfriend just said, "Nope." <laughs> Love it, Rami. Rami's we my have guy. The, we have the power to end this on the score north first my place guy. twins show. Another hour of twins talk on the score north first place twins show right after this on fifteen hundred scorenorth.com and the score north mobile app.